What's going on, coaches? Hopefully everybody's doing all right today. Um, we're excited to announce finally that we are officially having the program come on and do a free webinar for all you coaches and a question and answer um, next Wednesday, the 20th at 7 p.m. Central. Um, there's a few different links for that. You can go to runthepower.com slash program and watch that live. Uh, it'll also be live on our YouTube uh, channel. So you can get on there, watch, listen to Cap talk. He's got about a 25-minute talk. Uh, he's going to talk about his experience as a, as a U.S. Marine Corps Infantry uh, and Special Operations Officer. Uh, he survived a tragic helicopter crash, uh, killed six of his Marines, um, and then he tells the story of, of going after that um, and competing in some of the world's toughest endur endurance races, climbing to the world's tallest summits, uh, all to raise money for the kids of those Marines so they can go to college for free. Um, and, and he's talking uh, about, obviously, um, adversity, leadership. He works with uh, Division One college football teams all across the country, from UCF to Nebraska to uh, Texas A&M, uh, a lot of different sports. He works with high school football teams. He is unbelievable uh, listening to him about leadership and adversity. So uh, we're excited to give that to you guys for free. We can't wait for it. That's uh, next Wednesday. Make sure you're there, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, and again, you can find the links to watch those lives on our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with a very special guest, Barry Hoover. Coach Hoover has coached at many stops in Georgia and Florida and runs the website that everybody knows, Coach Hoover Football. Listen as we talk to Coach Hoover about trends and tendencies in current offenses and defenses, starting one of the first websites for football information for coaches, and leading FCA huddles for coaches and players alike in your program. You can follow Coach Hoover on Twitter at Barry Hoover. Hope you guys enjoy. Above average player, uh, had dreams of playing college football, tore my ACL my senior year, kind of uh, messed my plans up. Um, so uh, just went to college to be a student and uh, kind of felt like my long-term plan was, you know, I always wanted to coach football and, you know, help kids out, but I was going to do uh, something else in the meantime. I graduated a uh, degree agriculture from University of Florida, um, did sales for three years, did really well at it. But um, kind of felt like the Lord was leading me to become a coach and a teacher, so I quit my job and uh, been doing that. Uh, this will be my 20th year coming up. Coach, and, um, go ahead. Oh, okay. So that's kind of how I got into coaching. Uh, I started off down in South Florida, Deerfield Beach High School. was my first job, um, and I've been coaching – kind of all over Florida and um, Georgia also. Uh, I'm in uh, Tifton, Georgia, where I live at now, and uh, been kind of both sides of the ball, been offense coordinator maybe four years and defense coordinator three years, I think, and uh, kind of studied a little bit of everything and uh, film junkie. That's <laughs> my claim to fame, I guess. Got that right. Well, Coach, man, talk a little bit about, you know, being around and, and being a, a film junkie. You know, what, what kind of, you know, got you into that side of the game? Was it always kind of the, the strategy that, that you always enjoyed watching or was it kind of, you know, watching players, scouting guys? I mean, what, what was kind of the, the whole gist of, you know, you know, being a film junkie? What, what kind of led you into that? Yeah, just um, 
just the strategy of the game and being able to look at film and really teaching yourself from film. Um, you got to be able to do that a little bit unless you just have access to um, a lot more resources than the average coach. But uh, a lot of times you have to look at film and try to look at, you know, why did this work? Why did it not work? Um, when Georgia Tech, when they had that year, they went to the Orange Bowl, I believe it was 2009, uh, I made an install video on the triple option. At that time, I was offense coordinator, and we, we were running triple option. So went through uh, at least eight games and um, tagged everything, made super giant install video. It's on, it's on the Google Drive. And um, then when I got done, I was like, well, let me go back and look at it from defensive perspective. Let's go back and look at all the midlines. Okay, why did midline not work? So, you know, I looked at uh, the techniques on defense that, that would stop these plays and um, kind of, you know, kind of taught myself a little bit. And, of course, uh, by that time, I started to have a little more uh, resources, you know, you know, I got a lot of great friends in the coaching community that, I mean, I've just learned a bunch from. Uh, and then we, we did a we did a little series on a on my website and blog, uh, Coach Hoover Football, on uh, defending the option from the four three. That's still probably the most popular uh, piece we've ever ever done. Um, Matthew Brophy, who uh, who has his site, um, he he's kind of guy got me starting to the blogs. Uh, Jerry Gordon, uh, Outlaw Juicy Wales um, from uh, Coach Huey's site, and also my man Deuce from the Coach Huey site. So uh, we all got together and took a different piece and wrote up on that, and uh, it was pretty good. I mean, even a lot of college coaches still tell me, hey, you know, we use that stuff that you guys did on there and uh, when we faced the triple option team. So that was a uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Coach, was that was that something that you were nervous at all about doing because you guys ran the triple? I mean, you guys ran some option. Uh, that that was um, that was kind of when we were first starting this kind of a thing that I was always worried about. Not that I'm worried about it anymore necessarily, but um, if you're kind of given the recipe on on how to face the triple option, and that's something that you guys ran. Um, what was what was that like, or what was that thought process going into that? I'll be honest with you. Our thought, my thought process was that we we're not very good, so it's not really going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> Coach, I know. Yeah. I mean, for you guys, I mean, I kind of got started. You know, I, I I played high school football, obviously, and then I went off to to college at Nebraska. So I got to watch, you know, a bunch of that. The late '90s, they you know, win a national title in '97 when I was in school. And, you know, and, and at that time, I really wasn't thinking about, you know, getting into coaching. But then when uh, I kind of got towards the end of that, you know, I knew I was going to be getting into coaching. So kind of in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, that's when I was really starting to look at, you know, online resources. So I know, you know, your, your blog spot, your resource was one of the ones, the early ones that I looked at, you know, Coach Huey's website as well. And then, uh, you know, the other big one for me was, was westcoastoffense.com. So, I mean, to me, you guys are kind of like yeah. some of the, you know, like, like pioneers in, you know, what, what's nowadays kind of become mainstream. You know, talk, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, when you guys first got started, did you ever see it kind of, you know, blowing up the way that it has now? Or do you guys just think, man, you know, we're just having fun. I love football. This gives me a, a, an opportunity, you know, to hang out with five, six dudes, you know, from across the country and, and be able to, to share ideas and share film. No, um... I don't know. We didn't really have any expectations at all starting off. Um, like my first job, I was kind of the administrative assistant to the head coach, which means, you know, he'd uh, send me something like, all right, you know, make this, uh, put this roster on Excel, type this uh, letter to the parents, do this, do that. So I had all these different files, you know, people on Coach Huey would be like, hey, I need a resource for this. And I'm like, oh, I got that. So I went to a training one day on a, on um, setting up a, a blog. I was like, yeah, I could do that for football. So I did that. I'm trying to think what year that was. That might've been about 07. I started that. And then um, just kind of went from there. West Coast Offense, that was the very first uh, website that I really looked at because um, I, I liked throwing the ball early on. I was a receiver coach was what I started out. 
and then uh, Chris Brown, Smart Football, uh, and uh, Nasty Brophy. Those guys were those are kind of like the godfathers of the blog, is what I call them. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, those guys are those guys are tremendous. Um, and it was really fun back then because it seemed like uh, everybody had a lot more energy and a lot more time to to write stuff. So, um, which we don't write as much now, anybody, but back then we had a lot of ideas and it it was just a fun time, I guess. Is that something that, uh, I mean, now I've got, I had zero, um, computer and I'm going to geek out on you a little bit, but, uh, now I've got zero computer knowledge other than basically was how to turn one on, but the way websites and, and are so popular and built now that, any idiot that can drag and drop can basically create a website, which is basically how we, we did our, our website. Um, not that it's that special, but uh, that's basically what we did to, to get it started. Talking about, you know, 2000 and I think you said seven, um, I would assume, although it wasn't that long ago, it's still, you know, whatever that is, 15, you know, what, 13, 14 years ago, um, uh, online was, was a little bit different. Was it, I mean, was there coding that you had to do? Was it a uh, a tough thing that it, it, you really did have to learn? I know you said you took a class, but is that something you really had to learn and dive into just to get a, a website up and started? No, no. Um, it was through Google. Um, I mean, it was through Google Sites, which is a little bit different than Blogger. But, I mean, it's real easy. You just type in stuff and just add in some videos. I didn't have to write any code or anything like that. Um, I did take a class on that my my master's in instructional technology so i know a little bit about that but um pretty much the, the google stuff pretty easy kind of like what you guys are doing so so you kind of start out you know and 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 do a whole big thing on georgia tech and and like you said the, i'm sure that the the more the more your name got out there or or that uh blog got out there uh, the more that coaches were open with sending you you more and more things what are what are some of those teams uh, now that you've you know film junkie you've watched a lot of film on uh, on offense and defense I'm sure but what are some of the the go to teams or go to years that you really enjoyed looking at and breaking down uh, on the offensive side of the ball? Uh good question. Good question. I've kind of thought about that. What are like some of the the best games I've you know looking at on film? Uh, one of the most memorable ones I could think of was 2000. 14 Oregon against Florida State in the uh, playoff, and Oregon just just blew the brakes off, off of uh, Florida State in that game, uh, and a lot of unbalanced stuff. Like they'd go in a two back with um, three receivers on one side, nobody on the other side, unbalanced stuff, which at that time um, was was pretty new as far as the spread guys doing that and uh, doing with tempo was pretty nasty. Um, my go-to every year is looking at TCU defense. I'm always looking at that. Um, this year, started looking at some LSU offense and what teams are doing against them. And uh, just just whatever, you know, just whatever I think is good and unusual. And last year, you know, everybody was looking at the Iowa State stuff, the three deep safety. Looked at that a little bit. I've been watching some of the LSU stuff too, Coach, and I know you posted – I don't know if it was on Twitter today or, or yesterday, but, you know, seeing some of the the, the four-safety defense that, that uh, Auburn had actually, you know, implemented against LSU, especially in some of the early downs. And it's it's been a fun one to, to break down. And, and honestly, I mean, I think, you know, people, you know, they, they, they go one way or the other, like, yeah, you'd never be able to run LSU's offense. I mean, that, that honestly is one of the simplest offenses I have broke down. Yeah, it's surprising. It really is. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about, I mean, big-time big, big time athletes and things like that, but a lot of the stuff that they're doing, I mean, you're seeing all kinds of high schools that do it, but, you know, doing it with a high-level kid, you know, what do you think of that, you know, that force safety look? I thought, to be honest, was, was pretty ingenious, really, with, you know, the, the early down game plan for LSU is pretty much, you know, I, I'd say three-quarters RPO. Yeah, RPO heavy. Um and in that game, there wasn't a whole lot of RPO going on. Um, I mean, the, the normal stuff, they, they uh, threw a glance post at the very end of the game, um, which they missed on. I'm, I'm doing a little series on that, defending, uh, defending the RPO game from too high look. 
Um, I know Chris Vass and a lot of those Vass and a lot of those guys have been talking about that here lately. But I was going to post some video clips on that. Kyle Cogan is really the one that got me started this offseason. Look at that. Uh, I really appreciate his help with um, me on that subject as far as that. Um, but LSU didn't do a whole lot of RPOs against against Auburn. That um, that look kind of takes away a lot of that stuff pre-snap. So uh, they they were off balance a little bit. I mean, they they managed to, to do all right. But uh, that offense really, uh, I mean, Joe Burrow is extremely accurate. One thing that stands out on film, uh, makes great decisions. Also, he's able to extend plays, you know, on third down, playing man two-man, he's able to scramble for first downs a lot. And uh, really frustrating when the quarterback can do that. It reminds me of Joe Montana. He used to do it all the time, especially in the Super Bowl against my Miami Dolphins last time they were there. <laughs> Coach, when you're watching film, how much of it are you, you know, watching and rating? I don't know if rating is the right word, but how much are you watching – players you know like you mentioned Burroughs and all the different things and, and comparing him and uh, how much of that are are you looking at and 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 breaking down of their their level of play or their their possibility of, of being at the next level is that something that you look at very often or, or maybe that's just something that you see from some of the quarterbacks as you're breaking down um you know mostly uh scheme it's not really something I'm looking I'm not I don't try to be one of these guru scout guys, <laughs> but um, especially you know now with the NFL draft coming up, you can see a lot of that on Twitter. But if I see a guy on a film that really stands out, um, like Mississippi State had an offensive line last year, I remember just watching him like, man, this guy is just so nasty. I think he got picked second round by Packers, but I just knew he was going to be somebody that was going to be good. But really the guy that stands out at LSU is uh, the running back, number 22. I think he's a Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, reincarnate he's just he's just amazing his ability to cut and spin and break tackles I think he's going to be uh, great at the next level but really when I'm watching film I'm looking trying to look at both sides of the ball what's not just scheme wise but what's some good techniques and I'm always uh, getting clips um, tagging plays like good d-line play bad d-line play um, both sides of the ball so I try to look both sides of the ball when I'm watching these games is that something like your Georgia Tech film that you go through all the offense and then go and look at all the defense, or are you simultaneously breaking them down? What's your what's your kind of process for that? Um, I'm just trying to save time and do everything at once. <laughs> now is what I'm trying to do. I gotcha. Yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, I think, and again, just because, like you said, I mean, when you when you are going to kind of do you know your your breakdowns and things at the end, I mean, I'll. I try to put in as much of the the information as I possibly can because I I got so many you know historical cut ups. I mean it's ridiculous. Like people ask me, hey coach, can you send me you know a, a double post cut up? And I'm like, I got 350 plays in the cut up, you know. So you you want me to narrow it down, you know? So I th I think it's kind of funny. You want all the incompletions, you know? I mean, how do you want it broke down? But you know, doing the same thing just because I think you know having those those teach tapes for you know I mean now we have you know clients and guys that want to see it hey can I see it versus the even front can I see it versus the tight front you know I, I just mm -hmm. think having the having those things you know built in and being able to build those libraries it, it makes it so much easier to coach to me too I mean when when kids want to be able to see this and I and I have clips already dialed up so rather than me you know hunting through it it's like all right hey guys here here's levels concept versus cover one here here it is versus cover two I, I think it makes it so much better and then not only that you're seeing you know, why do they keep playing this defense maybe versus that formation or versus this play or, you know, vice versa? Oh, they're, they're only running this play versus cover two. So I think you see a lot of the, the same tendencies by either that play caller or that defensive coordinator as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also kind of a history buff, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. I'd, when it comes to that play, I want to show the Colts <laughs> running that. All right. Here's Peyton Manning. Here's Reggie Wayne. This is how they did it. Um, you know, like go back to the original when it comes to plays like that, if I can. Totally agree, man. Um, is there, is there any, like, I mean, is there any like NFL film that you kind of, you know, hang your hat on or is that something you're more, you know, kind of inclined to look more at the, the college stuff? I mean, knowing you're a Dolphins guy, is that something where you're like pulling, 
you know, some NFL film, or are you still just kind of sticking to the college game? Well, it's uh, pretty depressing to watch the Dolphins film for the most part. <laughs> no, they they came on uh, this past year. I'm going to get the last uh, four or six games and look at what they did defensively. Uh, they did a really good job uh, there at the end of the year, beating New England, uh, beating some other teams. Um, I like the Chiefs stuff because it's more similar to the college game than anything else. And I look at it a little bit. I've always liked the Saints stuff, just the execution. Um, the passing game at the NFL level just uh, has always uh, intrigued me just because the level, detail, the splits, the timing, the precision is uh, a lot more precise than what you see in the college game. So I like watching that stuff. I like watching the great teams that can really throw the ball, what, what they can do. Coach, obviously – go ahead, Wall. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I agree with you on that, too. I just think – I think, you know, especially now, I mean, we, we have a couple of kids at our high school. I mean, just being able to see, you know, teams like the Saints, you know, how how do they hit, you know, Thomas 160-some catches or whatever the heck he had, you know I mean? How yeah. do, how do they, they get these guys, you know, open? I mean, to me, that's like the amazing thing. It's like teams know – this is the dude, you know, how do they get him the ball? And then not only that, I mean, I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, those guys are football 24 seven. So you see, you know, guys like Devonte Adams, you know, and, and, and pass rushers, you know, for, for receivers teaching my guys releases. I, I think that's, that's big time film. And then, you know, teaching the offensive line, some of the protections, I mean, you know, the, the, the Patriots are as good as there is at, you know, five man protections, empty protections. What's Tom Brady checking. I think it's, there's so many cool things that your quarterback and your offensive line and, and, and your kids can learn from those guys because they, like they said, they know all the guys and it's being done at the highest level possible. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you can't do that stuff. The NFL team's doing. Yeah, you really can. <laughs> um, if you, you know, just take the time and teach the guys, you know, make sure it's related to something else you're doing. It's not a totally different uh, concept. It's, you know, it's the same as this, but we're doing this. Um, same protection. Now we're, you know, now we got the H back chipping before he goes out on, on his route or whatever. But I think a lot of that stuff you, you can do in the NFL if that they're doing that you can do at the college, at the high school level. And, you know, a lot of stuff now it's more trickle up than it is trickle down. So um, that's kind of why I like watching the Chiefs stuff because, uh, a lot of college concepts that you see. I enjoy it just just how much, and even in college, obviously with those those teams that we watched um, in in the playoffs, and I'm sure a lot of the teams. But it, it's so obviously personnel driven in the NFL and top tier college. It's it's fun to see how they get their dudes the ball, and and if their dudes that the defense affects their whole mission is to shut that guy down. Um, if if he's not the best in the world, then they're probably you know going to have a chance to shut him down. Now what do they go to um, to either make sure we get him the ball in other ways or how do we take advantage of them shutting him down to get somebody else open? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the nasty uh, shifts of motions. Uh, I used to love watching John Gruden uh, back when I first started coaching. A lot of stuff that he did to uh, scheme and get guys open. It's pretty intense all the stuff they do Kyle Shanahan is kind of the master of that right now well that's what I mean one of the one of my big notices just from watching it almost as a fan uh, in the Super Bowl is it seemed like almost every play there was some kind of a shift or emotion e- even the Chiefs you know going from empty to motion in the tailback in or um, you know some of the bigger shifts that the 49ers had it was uh, it was really cool to see all the different ways they were moving guys around pre-snap yeah, and a lot of that, now that's something that you really aren't going to be able to do quite as much um, at our level of coaching. But um, I know like Scott Frost, uh, Andrew Coverdale told me this. He said Scott Frost would always uh, start off the drive with a, a shift promotion. So that's something like you could be on the sidelines. All right, guys, we're going to start in this and shift to this and then you know, run our basic play. So you could always show it to them before they go out and run it. So you always start a drive off. Um, with a good play like that, get the defense off balance and, you know, pop a five-yarder and then get going. Um, so that's something you can you can incorporate to do some of these exotic things. Just start it, your drive with that and show it to them on the sideline before they go out there. 
Yeah, he'd said that when we went up there and met with them too. I mean, j- just in, in passing, you know, kind of the, the things, you know, if, hey, if you're going to be running this offense, which we'd run a, a lot of what they do. And, and he'd said, you know, we just felt like teams had such a, a beat on us, you know, on our openers, you know, whereas if we weren't going tempo, you know, they, they knew kind of our tendencies and they could stop us on, you know, first to 10, get any completion, get a, get a second and long. And now they felt like they had a chance to maybe, you know, get you out of your tempo. So he thought that was a, a good way to kind of mask and hide a lot of the, the tendencies that they did have. Yeah, it's a good point because you can't be tempo on the first play. Coach, what are some of the things you kind of look at then? You know, you've mentioned defensively, you know, who are some of your go-to guys uh, as far as defense kind of goes? You know, obviously you've talked about Coach Vass and Coach Kogan and those guys do a phenomenal job with, you know, podcasts and putting information out. But what about coaches and, and schemes that you're really interested in as far as defense goes? Well, I'm, I mean, I've been, been watching Gary Pat- Patterson stuff for, for forever. And, you know, Chris Vass, I mean, he's he's a – been super helpful to me. He's one kind of first Tommy four two five. Um as far as other guys, uh Brian Vaughn, he's a defense coordinator at uh Florida Tech. He runs a he's got a blog called Blitzology um dot com and uh, I got to go down there this past uh summer and see him and learn a ton from him. He is just I've kind of known him over the years, just emailing back and forth. I finally got to meet him in, in person. I mean he's He's brilliant. Um, and Ryan Osborne uh, was at Florida last year. He's at UT Martin. Uh, him and Ryan McNamara, I got got to go down there to Florida for spring ball last year, and um, they uh, they taught me a ton. Also, um, yes, I'm, I just try to learn from whoever I can, pretty much. Um, but as far as the NFL stuff, I, I do like watching the sim pressures. You do see a lot of exotic stuff. Also, you see a lot of exotic coverages. You know, they'll be in one high and they'll have the guy down in the slot drop back to the deep half. Coach, uh, you know, kind of living over there uh, it, by Florida, I think you said in Georgia, but close to Florida um, or in that, around that Florida area, I, I know it can be pretty deep, but obviously uh, not the widest state in the world. Is there, I mean, is that a, a nice part about being in that area is – a lot of different colleges and, and a lot of um, D1 or, or even, I'm sure, D2 places to go to talk and, and grab stuff from different coaches in, in a fairly small area? Yeah, um, I mean, pretty much, you know, no matter where you are, you'd be close to a college somewhere, I'd imagine. Um, you just got to take advantage of the people that are local to you. Um, I know when I used to coach at Panama City, we used to go up to uh, Troy University a bunch. And uh, Vic Coning, he's uh, the D.C. of West Virginia now. I mean, I've learned a ton from him uh, back in the day, and I, I still uh, keep in touch with him. He's one of the guys that's helped me a ton over over the years also. Um, but, yeah, there's there's quite a few resources. Um, you know, back when uh, Scott Frost was at UCF, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good time right there. I, I <laughs> made sure to be down there a couple times before he left because I knew – his time was going to be short there, but <laughs> those guys talk about that know, a lot. I mean, knowing, knowing how, I mean, live, they were to live in, you know, Orlando, just, you know, I mean, they, they cared about UCF football, but it wasn't like, you know, they're celebrities like they are now in Nebraska. He's just that, you know, could go out kind of do whatever you wanted. And it just seemed like it was a really laid back atmosphere. Kind of like, Hey man, come and go as you please. And you guys come <laughs> in and, and learn some things. He, he, he just, the way he talks about it, you know, and the way Shenander would talk about it, it was just like, man, what a, what a fun time and what a fun place to, to kind of be. Yeah. Um, I had a great time at the clinic. Uh, he had the, the audio visual stuff just totally broke down. So he just, he just winged it and he just took questions, man. That was, well, I got to see Bill Belichick speak at Florida one time, but other than that, Scott Frost was the best Clint guy I've ever seen. I mean, he just, I mean, you just tell he just was just the master of the spread, just everything he knew back and forth, upside down, inside out. It was awesome. That was another big thing I did on my website, posting the notes from that. I remember those. I still got those. That that was uh, that was legit. And, and I think that the same year he'd come up to, to Iowa and, and talked about some of the same things. But like you said, I mean, he's like, he's like I, I got a presentation, but I'm, I'm just going to stand here. You know, he's got a big old, you know, chaw in his mouth. And, you know, I'm, I'm just stand up here and I'll, I'll kind of wing it. If you guys got questions, just go ahead. And it was 
it was phenomenal. We, like I said, I mean, had a blast. And every time we've gone there, I mean, it's just super laid back. Hey, what do you guys want to know? What do you, what do you want to do? So, I mean, <laughs> what a, what a cool dude. Um, coach, you know, kind of, are you a Gators guy then, you know, kind of being in, in Gainesville and going to school there? Yeah, big time. Uh, growing up, I was always an NFL guy, a big Dolphins guy, you know, Dan Marino. Um, but once I went to college, I went to school, you know, I, I got hooked. That was, that was college football for me from then on. And I, I grew up in a really good time. Um, you know, we lost in Nebraska when I was when I was in school, but we did win it the next year in '96, beat, beating Florida State for the national championship. That was that was a nice, nice night. So, so I suppose you, you got to be a big Spurrier guy, Jacquez Green, all those guys too, right? Oh yeah, still talk to Quez quite a bit. He's he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, he's he's another one of my good favorite coach. guys. Really good coach, and then at the same time, you know, uh, another guy that you know. You think, you know, NFL star, college star, it'd be hard to, you know, get a hold of him. You know, anytime you, you want to get a hold of him on Twitter, just super willing to, you know, share ideas, share things. And then not only that, I mean, he, he's – it's hilarious because, I mean, you know, he's a wide receiver, but all he wants to talk about is running the ball. So that's a, a cool breath of fresh air <laughs> for me too. He's like, Coach, I want to talk about running it. Like, all right, cool, let's talk about running it. <laughs> Well, Coach, I, uh, you know, uh, as a guy that's seen a lot of film you have uh, and, and I know maybe more defense, but I, I'm obviously interested in the offensive side. Uh, and as a fairly, I, I can't say young anymore, but I think fairly young offensive guy that just knows offensive line, uh, if I were to pick up an offense coordinating job tomorrow, um, my biggest fear would be the pass game um, and, and how, I, how I would put in my pass game and, and have a good way to do that. Um, of all the film you watch, NFL, college, all that, what do you think maybe um, is is my best bang for my buck if I was going to start uh, and have a my passing game and and I don't want to have it too big because I got a huge run game. Let's say uh, what's my my best bang for my buck uh, first route or first combinations that I should be putting in. Um, well, before I go to that, the first guy I would be looking at would be um, Jeff Brom. Purdue, <laughs> that guy. Just I've been watching him when he was at Western Kentucky. Just I mean, the screen game is phenomenal. The, the passing game is it's as good as you'll see in college football. I mean, he's he's legit. Um, you know, plus uh, they'll go into some tight end wing stuff. They'll run down. They'll they'll run power. They're really good at run stretch. The run game's good. Uh, pass game's great. I mean, play action. I mean, he's got to click on all cylinders. That would be a place I would start. Um, but as far as concepts go, uh, you know, just, you know, all goes and the, the variations off that, you know, talking to Scott Frost, I got a lot of good feedback on him, how to, how to run all goes and not just as a down the field play, but as a control the ball play. Um, and then I like cross and flood and play action off that. Those are, those are huge. Um, those are going to be some of the first ones I put in. And I've always been a big curl flat fan, so that's going to be in there and spacing and as part of the quick game. That's that's always going to be uh, something I'm going to be uh, trying to run. Also, you, you talk about a, a couple of those different, you know, uh, per, Purdue being able to run stretch and and um, you know wide zone or, or whatever. And, and I believe that you know, probably a lot of NFL teams are, are very heavy wide zone. What do you think uh, college-wise, what's the what's the prevailing uh, run game right now that you see most often? Is it still uh, – I've always kind of thought it was kind of that inside zone, zone read game with so many 10 personnel, 20 personnel teams. But um, I, I haven't watched enough college football this year to, to even be able to make that. And I might be wrong after the past two years just be the teams that I see here in Oklahoma. Um, even though now OU is doing a lot of GT counter and, and different things, what's the prevailing you know run game that you see uh, at the college level right now? Yeah, it, it would still be uh, inside zone. Although um, you know a lot of teams are running duo now, and that's something I want to research more. Um, you know, LSU runs runs a lot of it, and I like to look into that. Um, stretch is is going to be, become more popular, I believe, um, just because you can block that and not have to worry about getting guys downfield. I think that's a huge advantage. Um, 
Oklahoma's pretty much made a whole offense up out of a counter GT. And then, of course, power is not going to go away, run the power. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> what, yeah, what is that, I, I what like is that stretch all. RPO game? Uh, is that mostly done at an offset? Um, that's I, I'm with you. I, I think being able to not have those guys go downfield and and that action that it does is I think can be really good on that backside or, or even front side RPO with those safeties. But um, I, I always hate having to bring my guy across. Do you see much out of out of pistol or is it mostly the RPO stretch game uh, being done out of offset? Um, mostly out of off, offset. Um, I was talking to a guy today. He's asking about stretch RPOs, uh, a good one I like. Um, if I'm running stretch to the right and I got my, my running back on the left and I got my H back on the left, um, I could read the, the backside linebacker and throw a little seam to the to the H back um, or the pop pass, whatever you want to call it. That's a, that's a real nice RPO to run off of a stretch action. I like that one too, because then again, if you have that, that QB, you know, the, the threat of him pulling the ball too, you know, running some of that arc action on the backside, you know, if, if you are a zone read team and, and a got a guy that can go, that's, that's such a, a cool play. And again, you know, block the same up front, it's going to look like three different plays uh, to the defense. So, you know, it, it gets back into the days of, of, you know, the old school triple option option football. Now it's just a forward pass instead of a pitch. Yeah, and um, you know the glance post is great. Um, to the, the RPO I like the best probably is the the arrow concept, and you can run that uh, where the back's going to arrow to the same side he's on, or he can run like a sneaker out and arrow to the other side, and then um, but that's really nasty misdirection and causing the defense to really cover the entire fifty three and one thirty yards of the field. Coach, maybe it's not something you've broken down, um, but I, I got to ask since you have seen so much. Um, I, I feel like the threat, or maybe the thought that the quarterback runs the ball a lot now, is, is kind of out there. Um, I'm kind of curious uh, of these teams that run their quarterbacks a little bit. What I mean, how many times is the quarterback actually keeping the ball roughly per game? I mean, is it still something that um, he's not keeping it that much? But you know a couple times a game to keep people honest? Is it truly uh, eight, nine, ten times? Uh, just I know it's a very broad, uh, probably stupid question, but um, how often in general maybe are you seeing some of these teams uh, keep it with the quarterback or, or have some design quarterback runs? Well, now that I think about um, the most recent film I have, I don't don't see a whole lot of it. Um, now, when Lamar Jackson was at Louisville, I was uh, looking at that stuff quite a bit. Um, also, um, Clemson with um, Ohio State, teams like that would run the quarterback a uh, good little bit. Now, um, I mean, you'd see him run it up to a dozen times. I mean, you don't want to kill the quarterback, but if it's a crucial third down situation, you know, and you need the numbers, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to run that quarterback. Right. Well, I think I was just watching, you know, um, yeah, the, the, uh, um, uh, New Orleans. I was watching the Saints with Taysom Hill, and they were running uh, power with him back at quarterback. Yep. Just because you know, even in the NFL, he gets you numbers and and doesn't have to be that 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 fancy. Uh, I, I guess just to get get the numbers, give it to your guy, and let him go run. Um, I, I got you. So, I mean, that's something I've never thought of, but but Walls brings it up a lot. Uh, you know having so much zone read or power read, and then you're going to also RPO. Um, uh, if you do that enough times, there's some real fatigue that you're putting on your quarterback, you know, having to read something or sometimes two things on every single play. Yeah, and you definitely want to be able to take a little bit of the, you know, the mental uh, burden off the quarterback. But, um, yeah, the quarterback run game is, is something huge and really there's so many things you can do in the quarterback run game now um you know you got bash you got power read which is front side read um and then the best one out of all of them i think is the, the toss tag i mean that is just so difficult to defend you know i tell my quarterback if the defensive you know the play side or the backside tackle he's gonna block down i tell him you know if that defensive end takes one step 
you know, block down, step down, he's done. You just toss it out, it's it's gone. <laughs> so it's very difficult to defend. You know, the the bash and stuff like that, you can you can kinda scheme up on defense to uh to play that a little bit, but the um but the toss stuff is extremely difficult to defend. Have you seen more teams, uh, you know, the, just kind of the, the traditional power read? Have, have you seen more teams really defend that better? I mean, I, I felt like, you know, it was obviously really good when Lamar Jackson was running it. I think probably had something to do with the guy carrying it. But, uh, you know, it seemed like then, you know, even just a couple of years ago, whereas now maybe the play's been researched so much that it's probably not as efficient a play. Have you noticed much of that, or has it kind of been, you know what, it, it is maybe it's more hit and miss. I know for us it's been a lot lot less efficient. Uh, I think it was about 2014 I saw TCU do, do something on film where the guy, the defensive end, is actually able to play both the quarterback and the running back. And um, teams can't take that away. You know, teams are looking at the, at the what do we call it, the height of the back. You know, I, I told my guys, all right, so if I'm the left defensive end, I'm looking at the running back on the right. Um, if he's low, I'm high. So if he's down underneath the quarterback, that means I'm looking to get upfield. I'm looking to play power read uh, first off. Then I tell him if he's high, I'm low. So if he's high, he's behind the quarterback. That means he's he's coming downhill. He's running uh, zone read or, or power or something like that. So I'm going to be heavy on the, on the my, um, offensive tackle and uh, play, my, play my gap and squeeze it. I, I think just, just, yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a great, you know, a, a great coaching point and an easy coaching point uh, to, to tell your defensive ends. I, I think one of the most interesting things I ever saw, and, and I know very little about it, but uh, was when the team started running speed option off of the zone read action. Uh, yeah, I'm sure some defense up, yeah. found some great ways to, to cover that. But the first time I saw that, I was like, man, that's, that's genius. Yeah, that's a cool little play, too. Scott Frost, I don't know if he's the first, but he's one of the first to run that. Hmm. Dang, Frost. Well, Coach, the other thing I wanted to ask you, too, I know uh, I follow you on on Twitter quite a bit, and, uh, you know, you're you're a really religious guy, and I know you're you're heavily involved in in FCA. You know, talk a little bit about kind of, you know, the, the role that, you know, your church or God or, or Jesus has kind of had, you know, in, in, you know, maybe kind of, you know, you said it before, you kind of you found your calling, you know, through coaching, you know, how, how has that kind of, you know, helped mold you maybe as a coach? And then not only that, you know, obviously preparing a lot of the, the young men and, and women that are involved within your program, you know, for kind of that, that next stage of their lives. Well, it um, helps a lot as a coach. I mean, um, coaching is so easy you know all the all the time you put into it it's so easy to become uh becomes like a monster <laughs> just everything that you learn all the knowledge you accumulate and um it you know it can be it could turn obsessive easily and i've been guilty of that <laughs> on a quite a number of occasions uh in my lifetime um getting a little too carried away in the x's and o's and not in the jimmy's and joe's and making sure those guys are are you know successful that's you know that's the main thing that we're they're here for and uh you know being able to use sva to help you know teach them about the bible and teach them you know not just that but you know the lessons in life that they're going to need to be succeed you know uh, commitment to excellence perseverance uh things like that character integrity things that they're going to take with them uh you know, hopefully they can be good, good husbands and and uh, fathers down the road, not just good football players. Coach, is that something that um, you you know? I think you always hear maybe horror stories as as public educators. Is that something that uh, you've got to walk a fine line with with how you talk about those things and and how you bring that up to kids, or uh, do you just try to stay as open as possible and and um, and not push, but make it available. Yeah, um, I mean, you got to make it available. You're not going to be able to push anything down anybody's throat. Um, but, you know, you try to, you know, it starts with, you know, the life you live. If you're, you know, leading a Bible study and then, you know, you're going out the next day of practice and cussing the guy out, and 
you're not really going to be very effective in your (laughs) (laughs) teaching about the Lord. But, uh, yeah, you gotta be consistent. You know, you gotta, you gotta love the guys. You gotta care for them. You can't just, um, you can't just be words. You gotta be action, you know, um, just be able, be available to help these guys out however you can and, you know, listen and help them out. You know, they got, you know, they go through stuff that's uh, a lot more, you know, serious than seems like what we went through when we were that age. So, uh, you know, they need people that are consistent, people that are authentic, not phony, and that'll, you know, that care about them. So that's what I try to do. Coach, how do you, how do you guys kind of set that up? Is that, you know, I, I, I was, you know, heavily involved with FCA when I was in Colorado and, and getting started. And I, I loved a lot of, you know, the, the coaches huddle aspects and then, you know, everybody seems like they kind of have a different way that, you know, they, they implement it or, or make it available to their, their teams. How, how do you guys kind of set it up? Or maybe you talk about, you know, what is kind of the best way to, to get some of those programs going, you know, is it is a designated night? Um, I'm always interested to kind of hear that. Cause I think, like you said, it's such an important piece for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do it is uh, kind of set up a, a team meal night. Um, you know, try to get parents involved. Uh, helping out with meals and stuff like that after practice is, you know, a, a big part of uh, their support. Uh, being able to, you know, being able to do that, I think is huge. I'm also just trying to be able to do it on campus as well. Although the school I'm at now, <laughs> we've not been uh, successful with that as far as the rest of the student body. But um, <laughs> if you incorporate with with the football program, it um, does help quite a bit. Coach, being being in and coaching in Florida, and and I believe you said Georgia as well. Um, yeah. I, I always, you know, you hear about all these awesome Florida high school football teams, and and uh, you know, I always kind of assume had had assumed that it was very similar to a Texas or even uh, even in like an Oklahoma as far as the the money or put into it and the stadiums and and some things like that. And then uh, hearing from some uh, Florida coaches and and they kind of act like that that's not necessarily the case you know some uh, not as big of a budget not as much importance maybe put into uh, the program or as far as paying coaches or uh, you know getting some full-time a lot of full-time staff uh, available Uh, do you notice a a big difference in in how Florida treats high school football as opposed to Georgia because now George is another one that I've always heard of as, as like a Texas that, that it's a, you know, obviously they've got a bunch of athletes as well, but a lot of resources are pulled and put into their high school athletics. Yeah. I tell you what, it's a, it's night and day. (laughs) It really is. Uh, When I was in Panama city, 2014, we, uh, we got to go play in Texas. We played a team outside of Houston, man. It was, it was an eye opening experience just that stadium the facilities everything was amazing and we were talking to people like oh yeah this is one of the smaller stadiums around here i'm like what <laughs> it, <laughs> it just blew me away i mean it just that was like the Taj Mahal, as far as i was concerned but uh yeah there's a big difference between florida and georgia that's another kind of a reason i'm in georgia now just i mean it's hard to make a living as a coach in florida you know i was struggling to pay bills and, uh, you know, I made more this past year, not even though I didn't coach this past year, I made more this year than I did in Florida, you know, coaching two sports. So it's, it's kind of sad that, uh, the way Florida's turning there, they don't really, uh, take care of the coaches and, you know, the guys that are down there coaching, man, they're, they're busting their butts to, to make that program work. They're, they're doing everything, got money come out of your own pockets, but, help feed kids and do everything. Um, I mean, come to Georgia, it kind of depends on what part of Georgia you're in, but um, yeah, Georgia's pretty good. They take care of the coaches a lot better and they, they kind of understand uh, the importance of a football program to the, uh, you know, to the culture of the school and just um, how important that can be. Well, coach, uh, you know, kind of rolling up uh, on, on an hour. Uh, but the thing that I always like to ask coaches is, uh, and and especially you that you've seen uh, hours upon hours and days on in weeks of film uh, when you're watching another team's offensive line what's some things that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach 
Yeah, I saw that question on Twitter not too long ago. Um, <laughs> it might have been on the Hog Football Chat. Uh, just, I guess, like De La Salle, um, man, just the way those guys came off the ball in unison, pow, just low and hard and fast. I mean, that to me, that's that's an incredible thing to look at. Um, also, just uh, blitz pickup, I think, is a is a big thing for me. Um, like especially out of out of empty, um, being able to um, to uh, ID guys and pick them out and make sure you're sliding the right way and um, just no bust. But um, coming off the ball is something I like to see too. Just you know, flat backs and run power, hit the crease. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Well, Coach, man, it's been a blast having you on. Like I said, you know, you've you've been a guy that I've followed now for about, about a decade online, so it's been a, a blast, you know, getting to know you a little bit through Twitter and, and finally having you uh, on the podcast. I know uh, there's a lot of guys out there who are super, super appreciative of, of how open you are, you know, with your knowledge and the things you've, you know, you've gathered and your resources over the years. So, like I said, man, thanks for uh, taking an hour of your time and and doing the same thing you've been doing for for a long time, man, giving back to the game. It's been a blast. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss, in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.